Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone. Start the download and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard and on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sci-Fi Graveyard. Sorry, it's been like a month and a half. It's just been something super crazy with work and everything and times and schedules. So we'll probably end up moving Sci-Fi Graveyard to once a month just to make it easy on everybody. Um, my job does not have a set schedule, so I work until I get done. So it makes it hard sometimes to get caught up on everything. But today we're going to be discussing Dune 1984, from, well, from 1984. Dune was released on December 14th, 1984 in the United States. Dune stars Kyle MacLachlan, Virginia Madsen. I don't know why she's listed as a star. I think she's in like, what, one scene? Unless I'm thinking she's somebody else. I don't remember. Anyway, Virginia Madsen, Francesca Anise, and Brad Dorif. And I'm only mentioning him because he was Charles Lee Ray. Um, and featuring Patrick Stewart and Sting. The film is based upon the novel Dune by Frank Herbert. And the screenplay was written and directed by David Lynch. Uh, the basic overview of the movie is a Duke's son leads desert warriors against the Galactic Emperor and his father's evil nemesis, which is the Baron, to free their desert world from the Emperor's rule. And it opens up with Princess Arulin. A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that this is the year 10,191. The known universe is ruled by the Padisha Emperor Shaddam the fourth, my father. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice expands consciousness. The spice is vital to space travel. The spacing guild and its navigators, who the spice has mutated over 4,000 years, use the orange spice gas, which gives them the ability to fold space. That is, travel to any part of the universe without moving. Oh, yes, I forgot to tell you, the spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe, a desolate, dry planet with vast deserts. Hidden away within the rocks of these deserts are the people known as the Freemen, who have long held a prophecy that a man would come, a messiah who would lead them to true freedom. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune, which is kind of the plot of the movie, so that's why I read it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much that's what the movie's about. Um, Kyle McLaughlin is the main character, and he's the Duke's son. He and he's the one who somehow they like. Hey, we're going to make you our leader when they find him because he's the prophesied Messiah, and he leads them against the Emperor to free the planet Araxis or Dune. Uh, some quick trivia: writer and director David Lynch has said he considers this movie the only real failure of his career. To this day, he refuses to talk about the production in great detail and has refused numerous offers to work on a special edition DVD. Lynch claims revisiting the movie would be too painful 
an experience to endure. Many fans hope that he will eventually come around. Also, weird flex, just going to mention this. David Lynch has also been in some episodes of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 and possibly Season 4. I haven't watched any Season 4 yet. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, uh, isn't since... David Lynch the same guy that did Twin Peaks or something, too? Yeah, um, I think, yeah. Yeah, I know that he's so done like a few movies, but I thought he was the one who did Twin Peaks too. Yeah, he did Twin Peaks the third season. Oh, yeah. just the third season? Oh, okay. The one that aired on Showtime, but I think he had he did the original one, but it only ran for two seasons. It's not like yeah, he was he was the writer of yeah, so like it was his. Looking him up real quick, he was the creator of Twin Peaks. The show, maybe even the movie Firewalk with Me. I'm just trying to look up his. I'm trying to remember the other movies that he was into, but Blue Velvet—the one I remember. Which one? Blue Velvet. Oh um, yeah, that's one of them. I know he did like a bunch of weird movies too, though. I just can't. Yeah, he did. He <clears throat> Eraserhead, um, Blue Velvet, Ball The Elephant Ball. Man. Oh. Um, or just some. I mean, I'm not like the biggest. David Lynch fan, so just I don't know his filmography. I'm just looking him up really quickly. Um, I know he was in. He's not listed as an actor, but I could swear he was. I think it's mostly a director. I think he's been in, or yeah. done more film, more uh, films than anything else. Yeah, the most known is for Twin Peaks, though. Yeah, Paul Holland Drive was another movie. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, it's just super weird. I'm like, his uh, films are just super weird anyway. Same with Twin Peaks. I remember watching that young, and I just thought it was such a weird show at the time. I even have a Funko of the dude that was in it. You know, I never got into Twin Peaks, but that was a show that my mom liked back in the day. I remember her watching it. It's just mostly, and there's a game that's kind of... uh, took uh, the same type of vibe. I can't remember the name of the... Th- I think it's De- Deadly Premonition. I think that's the name of it. And it's kind of got the same type of Twin Peaks vibe. But, I mean, anyway, I'm just digressing. I was... <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. I'm all talking about... Uh, what's it called? It's just so weird with the difference between this one and, and like, the original and then the new one. It's just totally different. Like I new one, but watch the new one yet. One thing I mentioned to to Joe was uh, Aiden watched it with me. Uh, This one, yeah. He said he was totally lost, like he didn't know what was going on. So Uh, I I stand corrected. It was he. It wasn't David Lynch. David Cronenberg. I knew it was somebody, sci-fi, big name in sci-fi was on Discovery, and I was wrong. I stand corrected. Oh, okay. I already, I already have to give up my nerd card because I didn't absolutely love this movie. Um, there, well, I mean, there it's was, just two different vibes from the new one and this one. Because, see, I haven't watched the new one yet. Uh, um, I think it's still it's a, a huge tease. I'll just say that. Like, I, I don't want to talk too much in spoilers on it, but it the most of this movie, at least the first, at least half of it, like it, them explaining 
like him being the prophesied one and all that stuff that shows in this one. Yeah. And pretty much happens in the new one. But there's a lot of correlation between this as in this is more religious in ways than politics. And really in the I think in the book series it, it has both in it. I don't know for sure because I haven't read the books. But I haven't read from what I hear is that it's a lot of religion and politics in it, but it's more about politicking stuff than it is anything else. And that's the kind of vibe that you get in the new film. Rather, this one is more, it looked like that they were doing it like he was the second coming type of thing, like being a, a whole religion centered around him instead of him just uh, helping people, like uh, fighting uh, fighting back over the people that wronged him pretty much. It's funny that you mentioned the, that because like when interviewed about the novel on NBC in 1982, Frank Herbert stated that the message in the novel is actually don't trust leaders to always be right. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's kind of the, the theme of the book. And that's a quote from Frank Herbert, the author, so... Well, I mean, that's the, that's that's the main thing that was different, and I don't know, like, how uh, did it say anything about if he enjoyed the movie or not? Because I mean, uh, it is very similar to the the new one in ways. A, there was a lot of trivia, and I, honestly, I didn't read through all of it when I was doing some research because um, there was just so much. Uh, the only thing I know about this is that Patrick, th this is a funny story. I'll mention this real quick. Patrick Stewart didn't know who Sting was, um, that he was a musician. When meeting him on set, he asked if he was a solo artist, to which Sting replied, he was in a band called The Police. Stewart, totally unaware, thought Sting played in a police band. <laughs> uh, David Lynch turned down directing Return of the Jedi to do this movie. And we almost saw Sting's dick in the movie, but. Yeah. Thank um, God that didn't happen. Last minute G-string was added to scene to set the film. Yeah, thank uh, God we didn't see that. <laughs> could have seen Sting's little baton. The police, his little police baton. Um, I haven't seen the new one yet. I was actually taking a quick look to see if it was still on HBO Max, but it I doesn't think look it's like on it, it still. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely but, worth it. It's more like a tease setting up for the rest of the story, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, a great film, a though. To of... me, I really like the film. Everything looks good. Like, you see the differences between the worms in the latest movie and in this one. And the stuff in this one, the worms, leaves stuff to be desired. Sure, you could tell the difference between uh, certain things. It's mostly because the CGI at the time wasn't that great. You could tell no, that it wasn't that great. I mean, it still looks good for like, it doesn't look necessarily bad for most of the CGI for me. Maybe it's because I have the rose tinted glasses on where I just remember seeing this so much when I was younger, right? So yeah. it's just not a surprise to me. Like, there's certain things in this movie that just, like, wasn't in. And I don't know for sure if it was the book or not. 
but like that wasn't in. They talk about the weirding way, with uh, which I don't remember them talking about that in the movie or in the new one. Where even with the the box that he was using, I don't even know if that's even in the box or in the. the, Huh. The one thing that I heard about this was um, the the sci-fi miniseries that came out from this, like early two thousands, I think it was. Let me look it up. Was a little bit closer to the book. Um. Yeah, Dune from 2000 with William Hurt. And yeah, I I think it was on the Sci-Fi Channel is when it came out. But that one's supposed to follow the book a little bit closer than this one did. And then, of course, you know, there's Dune 2021. So, I mean, we're going to talk about Dune 2021. I probably won't do it next because I think I want to do Resident Evil yeah, I, I knew then, that you were talking like, about doing all, Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're going to do this. We're going to talk. We're going to do Resident Evil from 2001 or two. I can't remember when it came and, out. Shoot. I've seen that movie that one. so many times, too. So that one. <laughs> I know it's like you almost don't even need to watch it. But yeah. Um, I mean, we'll just watch it anyway, but still. We'll watch it anyway. Like but then we'll do, we'll cover 2021 because I do want to talk about both, both theatrical versions because this one was considered a financial flop. Um, Dune 1984 and I'm going to call it Dune 1984 uh, Dune from 80, 1984 was considered a flop and that's why I think David Lynch doesn't really care for it so much even though it was like his highest grossing movie uh, this movie cost like 44 like 40 something million dollars back in the day back in 84 and um, and that's a lot then yeah that was a lot for a movie back I mean even in 80s that was a lot for a movie and the thing about to me Dune was it I feel like the movie didn't really pick up anything until like the last 45 minutes once he's once him and his mother escape and live for two years with the Freeman and he becomes their leader that to me like that's when the movie started picking up but I really to be honest with you I was kind of like bored for the first hour and a half of it yeah, and I, I, I feel well, really bad saying. about yeah. that because yeah, trying to set up all this stuff, it's there's like so much setup. There's so much lore. There's so much setup stuff that goes into this one. It's very hard to like because I don't know how they would have thought that they would have been able to condense all this in one movie, and I think that's why uh, Villeneuve or however you say his name, the dude that directed the new one condensed it he uh, did only half of the first book into it and i'm wondering if they did uh, try to explain a whole book into a movie because i mean it shows with everything it's very slow paced they don't do a whole lot it was nice knowing that uh, they st- I, I think it's nice the differences between both movies, and there. I still think that this is a good movie, but it's very, very slow, very slow. It is slow, it, and that was that was like my thing. I thought it was kind of especially as some of the scenes, some of the parts. It's like, oh, okay, they were meant to be with each other. It doesn't seem like it really came together, you know, like. So uh, some of the people, like the girl that he was supposed to be with, 
it didn't seem like I don't know. It seemed they like they like, just oh, forced they it to they, happen rather they, than they met and they were instantly in love. Like yeah. there was no. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It was like it was in, it was forced rather than you could see over a certain amount of time them starting to love each other, that type of thing. And of course they they did a time jump and all this stuff in between that. So it makes it a little bit easier to explain it, but um, or well without explaining it. But still, it's like it could have I don't know. I think if anything, the relationship with the uh, between them should have been more fleshed out. Probably, I agree. I'm not gonna say the movie was epic. It's definitely epic. Like it yeah, had that for the time scope too. and scale, for, especially for the time. And the movie, the music was great. I have no complaints about the music, and the acting was great. I was shocked. I told Jeremy I was shocked that Dean Stockwell was in it. Um. Yeah, you know, I totally forgot that Patrick of, Stewart was in the movie too. Until <laughs> until I mean, we started wa- uh, until I started watching because I watched this like a week ago because I bought it yeah. at Walmart. I was like because we were th- uh, I was suggesting maybe talking about it just because the new one was coming out, and then what? Uh, so and then right after I talk about that, I find it at Walmart for like five dollars. So I was like, oh, okay, th- and then I definitely. <laughs> and then of That's course weird. I still like this movie just because I don't know so many times like you watch movies and then you learn the problems of certain things and, it, and especially when you're younger you don't necessarily nitpick on stuff as much as you do later in life right if true. I would have watched this now if the new movie was in place in, of this one I probably wouldn't have liked it as much, right? To be honest, it would have been not nearly as good just because obviously they didn't follow too closely to the book. But that being said, it's still a good movie for what it is. You know, I'm not going to say it was a terrible movie. It just wasn't for me. Because let's face it, this movie was not Nightfall. And that to me, that's the worst movie I've ever seen. Because I can watch bad movies and still enjoy them. And Nightfall, I didn't enjoy. And yes, I'm going to keep bringing up Nightfall as like, the worst comparison. I mean, before. it's just like uh, a bar for, um, for, of, especially for the podcast. When we talk yeah. about setting a, a bar that Nightfall so far is the worst movie <laughs> like, that we've seen, especially on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> It's it's the worst movie, and I'm, and it's just um, I it's it's so weird because like you know, Nightfall being so bad, but Dune to me it just it didn't grab my attention, and I feel really bad because like it's not the acting. I think it was just how drawn out it was for the setup to get to where he's yeah to get to, anything to, going to get, to yeah. get it going. And it really kind of, and I feel bad because I'm sure I know I've seen copies of the book. I know how thick that that book is, so I know there's a lot in that book. And I and I'm not, and I think David Lynch's direction was good. You know, all the acting was good. It's just, you know, it wasn't for me. And I, at first, I'm like, I think like I kept getting distracted because I just couldn't get into it. 
And that was what was weird for me because usually sci-fi I could jump right into, but this one I was having a hard time. And that's mostly why I was surprised that you never watched this movie before, just because I don't know. It's kind of huge, and so like uh, there's this chick named Comic Book Nineteen or Comic Book Girl Nineteen. That it's her favorite book series, pretty much. She like goes into detail about all the dune books and everything so she and that's like one of her favorite series so she uh, i don't know what her opinion on this movie is probably she hated it but i mean they hit certain um, points it seems like that the new movie does but then it goes off on religious overtones and stuff like they like the anything that really starts getting going is like near the end and then it's just kind of weird how, like, his sister is the little uh, small chick or yeah. is well, putting she's a, she's her a little thoughts girl, into she... the little girl or whatever, yeah, which the, was confusing. The yeah, it's like certain, certain things it was hard to understand, like, <laughs> especially when you're younger, like, yeah. uh, you don't really understand what they're uh, like or... You don't know the motivations on how they're able to do it, really. They just want you to realize that this is how it is, you know, like just this is what's going on, okay? Yeah. It's just, well, the little girl is a little girl, but she got the spirit of the essence of or whatever of the other girl, uh, the other woman. And so she had all the power she needed. And if you hear any noise, I'm just going to let you know one of my cats came in the room. He's uh he's been wanting attention from me and crying at my door, so I let him in. My cat <laughs> so you might hear him meow. He's he's licking. The... Well, I mean, for any cat people, that's what yeah. He, he, uh, <laughs> he already he already knocked over like my phone, so, <laughs> so I was like, thanks, Nibs. Um, but he's he's just wanting affection. He 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 gets lonely when there's no one else in the in the in the other rooms with him for him. So he cries at my door because he what knows that. What a surprise. Cats that like attention. Yeah. You know? But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, it's just certain it's... things. And me and, uh, I don't know. So when I watch this one, it's like I could follow along with everything in it. But yeah, it, it gets very boring at parts. And really, though, and then it's like, it just ends practically they just do a little bit of stuff and then it's just done yeah he <laughs> he he fights and he kills sting uh spoiler alert this movie came out over 30 years ago so you better watch it almost almost 40 oh yeah almost 40 years ago like 36 years ago no 30 38 good lord yeah, it was a long time ago yeah but uh i don't even he, remember how old i was when i first watched it well well, I mean, I don't know how old you were. Were you even... When were you born? I was two years old when this movie came out. Oh, okay. So, if anything, I probably watched it on HBO or Showtime or something. I remember in the 90s... I remember in the 90s, they used to show this movie on the Sci-Fi Channel all the fucking time. I've yeah. never seen commercials for it, like, all the time. Like, well, Frank I mean, that, That's what I'm saying. They, they did... You could tell that they were trying to, like, I don't know. It seemed like they were trying to make it the big, big next epic 
movies, kind of like Star Trek or a Star Wars, you know, trying yeah. to make the next big sci-fi franchise. And then it just didn't work. It's mostly because they, I think they put too many eggs in one basket and then David Lynch could have done things, uh, planned things out a little bit better than what he did. He kind of said that this was like his sellout film. He kind of sold out to the studios for it. Yeah. And that's probably why it shows like how the film is. Like, uh, it's because of that. The film seems has the tone that it does just because he probably just didn't really care about doing it. Yeah, he said this was like his his sellout film, and he sold out with the script and the and all that stuff. That that's what I read. That's another piece of trivia I read, and I guess that's the case because, like I said, I'm not like the biggest David Lynch fan. I know people like loved him, and I'm not going to hate on him. I don't have nothing negative to say about the man, but you know, I'm not his biggest fan, so I'm not going to know, you know, what he considers sellout and what he doesn't consider sellout. He likes and, I mean, I see what the studio uh, was trying to go for in this what was movie. That, Jeremy? I said he likes Kyle McLaughlin though. Who's Kyle McLaughlin? Oh, is that oh, the yeah. lead dude? He's, yeah, he was he was uh he was the main character. But he was in Twin Peaks, he was in Blue Velvet, I think he was in uh he's been been in a lot of his stuff. Let's just put it that way. And Kyle McLaughlin was like he was like he was a young he was kind of young and well young first movie. air quotes in Dune he was kind of like he was like you know I don't I don't have my computer up right now uh, so I don't <laughs> well, I'm not gonna look up his age but he wasn't he you know he wasn't like he's I think parents, he, he's my parents' age he's sixty two he's sixty two now okay so he was born in fifty nine yeah so in, in eighty four he was in his twenties yeah so, it was his first movie. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know too much about. I mean, I knew I knew who Kyle McLaughlin was because not from Dune. I mean, I knew he was in Dune, but I know him more from because I watched Agents of Shield. But I I know he was in a lot of other stuff. I know he was in Twin Peaks and oh yeah, he was, he was on a bunch of shows around or like yeah. movies and stuff at one point. But, but I I do know he played a doctor in Agents of Shield, and he he was the father. I think he was the father of how one of the girls in the show. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I haven't. I I know the show's over now, but I stopped watching Agents of Shield so long ago. I don't remember any of the characters. Uh, Daisy was her name. That was his oh, like daughter so, or something. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. so they actually had the dad on one point. Well, well they he, had, was they McLaughlin, had the mom on it at one point, and she was the, uh, one of the Inhumans. Yeah, because Daisy uh, was an Inhuman. Um, yeah. I think. Oh, her superhero. Her superhero name was Quake. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was, and um, and so. He played. He was in the show for a couple seasons, but and I feel bad because there's nothing against. This isn't against anything against Agents of Shield, but it's something else. You know, I just I liked it, it when it first started. At one point, and uh, when yeah, it's time travel, like, I just kind of fell out of it. And then they had uh, Coulson die, and then do time travel, like uh, come back as like another evil version, even though that he was probably not evil. I haven't watched like the last like couple of seasons. But uh, 
like before they ended it. I mean, it lasts a long time. I mean, I think it lasted like six or seven seasons or something like that. Yeah, it was supposed to be like, it was supposed to be like tied into the MCU, but then they're kind of like, oh, it's not canon now. (laughs) Yeah, it's just really weird the way that they did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just, they got so weird with it that they had to do something else. Yeah. Yeah, he was in it. Like, well, that's what I was saying. Like in the new movie, I want you to have like a certain opinion for what they did different from this one, just because you'll be able to tell the difference like right away, really, between both sto- uh, both uh, tellings or uh, however you say it of the story completely, because it seems like the new one was more faithful to the book and tried to like adapt as much as they could. And this one, I mean, the, I forgot the name of the fat dude. It was like his death scene was very weird. Like it was like, Oh, he's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. He got killed by the little girl and then eaten by a worm. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. It's like, like his chest popped open and all that. And I was just like, what? This is, and like it's mostly, especially when I was a kid, I, I just thought it was so weird, especially the dude like flipping around in circles and stuff like that. And then yeah. I find out afterwards that it was like he had stuff to let make him levitate because he was too fat or something. He was like he couldn't he was, walk because he was so damn fat. It was yeah, something was, like that. He, he was, like, was damn, so how gross. fat can you be? Yeah, he was very yeah. gross. It was very gross. I don't know what he looks like in the new movie or how he was described in the book. uh, I can't remember the dude's name that plays him, but it's... uh, Man, damn. Let me see if I can look it up. Um, Yeah, you keep talking while I'm looking. No, you're good. Jeremy, you haven't really said your thoughts. I know you said... um, Was it Liam you said watched it with you? No, Aiden watched it with me. And he said it was uh, confusing. Yeah, he does. He didn't understand anything except for the spice. <laughs> the that spice. It, that basically, a spice. The spice was the wonder drug of the sh- yep. of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's Stellan Scars uh, Scars Guard, by the way. Really? Like, yeah. That's what I was saying, and he, and like this other dude in the this movie that we're talking about was just gross and Stellan plays like him to be kind of menacing like a lot different than uh this character in this one but i mean the cast in the new one was just perfect for it really but that one josh huh the fat guy in this one yeah yeah, Supposedly, from what I heard, is that he couldn't. He was so fat that he had to do that just so he could get around and shit. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> realize Alicia Witt was the little girl in this one. Though. Yeah, I know her from. She's been in a bunch of stuff, but I know her from Law and Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Yeah, I just didn't realize she was the girl. I didn't know. Yeah, she's the little girl. And then Sean Young, I forgot she was the on the girl too the in love interest or whatever yeah uh like it's so weird seeing some of these people because i haven't seen them in like movies or anything for a long time now 
it seems like. And then uh, I was like, oh, crap, I totally forgot that they were in this movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, I'm not going to say it was a bad movie. It just wasn't for me. Because I know there's people that absolutely love this film. And I'm not going to shit on the film because I don't think it was poorly made or bad. It just personally didn't appeal to me. Hey, I don't think I've of watching today. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I. That's probably why I haven't really said a lot today. I watched it, but it's been so long since I watched it that I should have probably paid more attention. But I, I was in the middle of working at the same time, and it's been quite busy at work. So, yeah. are you still working from home, or are you working yeah. in the office? Yeah. So, um. So yeah, I was just focused a little bit more, obviously, on that. So I didn't pay. No, you're fine. I just, like I said, I was trying to get into it, but I just couldn't like get engrossed in it. Yeah, and, it's, and that's well. And that's I think that's the main problem with this movie too is that there it's very slow to get through. The pace is just very slow, and then it just abruptly ends when it's done. Uh, it ends no. with him bringing the rain. Yeah, it's so like, it's uh, because I like the fight scene between him and Sting. I like that. Like, uh, I think it's uh, his name was like Feared or something like that. I don't remember his full name. But like, uh, it was just a kind of cool uh, fight scene. But then it was like, it would have been nice if there was like more in, in between that. You know, you know like, I agree because the the thing. What's that, Jeremy? The best thing about the movie was the sandworms, but. Yeah. My thing about my the thing that only thing that bothered me about the fight with Sting. Do you remember when he was fighting with uh, Patrick Stewart's character at the at the beginning, and they did the whole shield fight where the slow. And then, like, I thought that would play. uh, uh, Oh, like you thought it was going to foreshadow into this fight with him. Yeah, and I was kind of disappointed that it didn't. I thought that was foreshadowing because he did after he didn't really use the shield after that like scene. Like, yeah, except yeah. his friend used it when he got killed uh, during this when the raid happened and they were the Baron was storming the I'm gonna call it a castle. And but like I didn't think. I didn't. Um, I thought it would foreshadow into the fight at the end, and the way that Kyle McLaughlin would have defeated Sting would have been to slowly push the knife through the shield and kill him. That's what I thought would happen, and I was kind of oh, a little disappointed yeah. in that. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, but other. I mean, the ending. I thought when it when he's when he got ex, expelled from the palace, and him and his mom met the other people that I thought that's when the movie really picked up. Yeah. And, and the, that's, that's when I started like paying a little bit more attention to it or like getting into it more. I should say not, it was, it was easier. Like, I'm not saying it was easier to follow, but it was easier to the story. This, the pace was better. It was a quicker pace. It seemed like, and I thought it was weird that they, they played a lot of inner monologues from the people. Yeah, what they were thinking. I thought that was really strange. Yeah. I'm sure that was in the book. Um, you well, know, I the mean, inner monologue. Do you need to have that in the movie, though? Not really. I I mean, I get why they did it, but I also was like, 
maybe you could have like just had them say it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It would have probably but, been easier if they were in a conversation and talking about it. But yeah, it's like it, it was kind of uh, like the only thing was like I liked how like I don't understand the water scene or whatever they were doing where they were uh, like him drinking and it was like oh it's supposed to make him more powerful and I just thought that was like a weird thing to do I, I like it like... didn't really explain like who was supposed to be able to take it and it was just like oh okay only a certain amount of them could take it. And then there's a possibility of you dying. Yeah, I get to the struggle I had with the movie, though, was the timing. The timing? Yeah, and that's why Aiden was so confused. Because as you watched it, it was like, okay, what's going on right now? Okay. See, that's where I was saying the fact that I didn't pay good enough attention. I think I honestly really need to try to watch it again when I'm solely focused on it. And see if I can get anything from it because I, I can tell you watching it again today after it's been so many years since I saw it the last time I didn't <laughs> yeah yeah no you're, you're good like I'm not you know like oh we like... know that they already remade it I would say that we're not going to do the rise from the grave and all that stuff right no, no I, I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for like I say I'm gonna save that stuff for like older movies, uh, like old stuff. But, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, in this case, it, it technically it's an old movie, but since we're um, yes, yeah, Nibbler, you're bumping my hand. Sorry, he's <laughs> laying on my mouse pad. Um, he he's trying to like rub his head against my hand. He but like he uh did. <laughs> He, I had a thought here, but my cat distracted me enough that I forgot. Uh, for this, no, since they've already made like two remakes, I won't do it. Um, I kind of want to read the book, but I don't know if I'd I'd have to like probably do the audio book because I've seen how thick this book is, and I'm like, uh, yeah. you know, yep. And they, I think they have seven books in it. I think. I think if there's... I'm correct. I, there's like I think six. There's like so many books. Like I did a quick Google search. Um, like I said, because I've never read the um, the series. There's like six books I think that Frank uh, Frank Herbert wrote, and then I think there's a total of like twenty one books. Holy shit! And, so yeah. other people took over for the story, I guess. Yeah, because I think once one book was written by his. I think by his son or something, because I was, uh, I was, I found one of the books at a dollar general. Um, cause one of the dollar generals that I work in where I, yeah, I guess, you know, I work for, uh, well, they don't know this, but y'all know this. I work for Coke and, you know, so I merchandise these stores and write orders. So I went into, um, I went in the, I went there and I was just looking at the books one day, you know, after I finished working the order, cause I just saw a stack of books. Cause I saw like one of the books in the Ender series, Ender game series. And then I saw one of the books from the Dune series. And, and I think it was written by his son. I don't remember what book it was. It was like a prequel book, I think, or something like that. But there's, there's like a whole slew of books 
that you, and then I found a website that gave you the order to read them in. It's like 21 books. I'm like, holy shit, that's way too many books. Like most most books run for like a seven arc, four or five books, you know, not like 21, but um, no, we're not going to do rise from the grave. Let it rest in peace. I mean, I guess if we were to do that, I'd probably say rest in peace. But um, if, if, cause I, I remember people talking about this movie and they, I think they said that this movie was like unfilmable or something. Like it wouldn't be like, it would be hard to make it. And well, it's already been proved that you can make it. You just need I mean, somebody been, that gives a shit about the movie, like the book or the movie or whatever the hell. Like, that's the main thing that I've noticed is the correlation. You need to get somebody that knows the source material uh, material, and actually gives a crap about actually adapting it right. <laughs> because, like, it's always, like, uh, I'm interested on your opinion on the new one. Really. Uh, I need to watch because it. I want to see if you'll follow it better or if you'll like it better compared to this one. What I'm because, gonna do I mean, is... they're both slow burn movies, though. They're, they're well, definitely that, slow I mean, burn, both slow burn movies, but I definitely think that they executed the new one better. I mean, I'm okay with like slow burn movies. I for it's just for some reason I couldn't, I couldn't get into this this one, you know, which is understandable. Well, I think I, I would say the same thing, Joe. Like I said. And I don't know if it's because I had been I've been working a lot the last few days and I just had a struggle or what, but yeah, I I had the same issue. It was and, like I couldn't just anyways. Yeah, and I, yeah, I just, and I'm not usually like that because I mean I like all different types of movies. Some people like, you know, people think my you know like my taste in movies is kind of all my it it literally is all over the place. And I'm okay with that um, because I like a little bit of every genre when it comes to film. I mean, mainstream, you know, like I like some documentaries, independent films, stuff, you know, it all depends on what it is and the story. Right. And it just, for some reason, this movie couldn't hook me. And I don't, and I, I, like I said, I feel like I should give up my nerd card because I feel like, I feel like I should have, um, I should have liked it, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tough to call yourself a nerd, Joe. I try. Yep. Yep. All I know is that to me, it was okay. I mean, looking back at it and looking back at it from the first time, a million times that I saw it when I was a kid and rewatching it now, definitely it's an okay movie. It's not bad, but I could see why people uh, didn't, why it was a flop. Was because they probably didn't market it right. A, oh, they, they probably didn't market it right. They right. could have put yeah, it out. As one, a, considering when it was made, it cost a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was, and that was probably to pay for all the fucking act. Excuse my French, but all the actors that they had in it. Yep. Um, I agree. So, because I mean, the cast was what. And it seems like that's what dooms some of these movies is just the vast amount of people in them. Because the uh, you would think, based on who was in it, that it would be better. But it's like, it seems like when there's a lot of, I'm trying to think of an example, but 
Um, it seems like when there's a lot of stars in a movie, the movie's not as good. Uh, and to a degree, sometimes it's like uh, that's the bad part about certain movies is that uh, they're very hit or miss. Sometimes that they're really good, like uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I liked with Kenneth Branagh in it, and and it had like a bunch of different people, like huge names in it, and that worked for me, but. That's what I'm saying. Certain ones work really well, and then some don't. It's like Suicide Squad and the newer Suicide Squad, or the Suicide Squad. I think they executed the the second one better, and they had a lot bigger names, all except for Will Smith, I think. But (laughs) Will Smith was the only like bigger name in the other Suicide Squad movie. That yeah. was and well and Jared Leto, but I wouldn't say talk about Jared Leto. I, I think <laughs> the thing that helped the Suicide Squad was James Gunn. Yeah, like, they should like Warner Brothers should not have given DC to J.J. Abrams. They should have like they should give it to James Gunn and let him. Dude, if they want to know what they're doing, if they want to end up getting somebody that does comic book movies, right? It should be for James Gunn. Just saying. I mean, he and like every movie that he's done that's a comic book movie, he's exceeded uh, the expectations on. But I mean, that's beside the point. All I know is that everybody should get their own opinion on this movie, even if they weren't into it. I think it should be watched at least once. I think everyone should watch it at least one time. Yeah, I'll say that and then that's it. That. And more than most of the time, people are just going to not understand it, or it's just going to be confusing. But that's okay. Sometimes it takes a few times to watch a movie for you to fully understand it. And this one is just one of those movies where it's not like it's not one of those movies that you want to watch more than once. Like how, how often, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a movie that everyone should at least give it a go, at least one go. And I, and I'm not, and that's, and that's what I'll say about it. It's, I think it's, um, it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't for me. But I will say that everyone should at least give it a go. Yep. Yeah. So now it's Resident Evil time, baby. Yeah, we're gonna do the first Resident Evil, and then we'll circle back to uh, Dune twenty twenty. I guess twenty twenty one is when it came out. But we're gonna do um, we're gonna do Resident Evil with Mila Jovovich, and eventually we'll get to Welcome to Raccoon City. And the other thing I'll say about that is it's a movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have I have I have some opinions on it, but we're gonna start with uh, the the one that started the fran- the first franchise, uh, Resident Evil. Because even though I think Resident Evil Apocalypse is better than Resident Evil, I still love Resident Evil, so I'm excited to talk about it. And we'll talk about the good, the bad, the somewhere in between, um, what we liked and what we didn't. Um, so next time we'll talk about Resident Evil, then Dune, and then after Dune, we'll do Apocalypse, and we're going to alternate Resident Evil every other movie. That's going to be the plan, uh, going forward. Uh, also, we might start doing this once a month on Fridays if you guys are okay with that, just because of my work schedule. Um, if it's just, I, it's hard for me to watch the movie some days because I get off so late and I'm so worn out. So I know it, I know you guys understand getting yep. off late and then having to like 
do do homework for stuff and do watch stuff, this yeah. and watch that. So it's doing life things. Yep. Oh, yeah. Totally understand that. Always. I mean, that's why if you all want to know why some weekends I don't game with y'all, even now I'm off on Fridays and Saturdays. I'm just so tired. Uh, I, I, I get off at Thursday and I'm like today to, to be honest with you, I like, I, I was laying with Nibbler on the bed and I just like fell asleep for like half an hour and I wasn't even like tired, tired. It's just passed out. I mean, so that's, that's me if I get comfortable. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't, it didn't hurt. It didn't help that he's warm. Like he, he's one of the warmer cats that we have. So he, it was like a cat blanket on me and I was like, but yeah. that's, that's how my days go. Like, and then, so we'll, um, we'll do resident evil. We'll probably, uh, if I, if we can all find time to watch it before a month, we'll release it early, but I think we're going to maybe transition to every month just to try to, to get a consistent schedule and go from there. Yep. Is, is, are you okay with that, Jeremy? I'm fine yeah. with whatever, whatever, man. <laughs> I work around what everybody else has to do, just like okay. you around what I do. So, yep. no, you're good. So, all right. You so, we'll either. see you next time for Resident Evil. And y'all take care. Uh, for Jeremy and Josh, I'm Joseph with Sci Fi Graveyard. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back as soon as we can. Good night. Good night. We'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sci-Fi Graveyard. If you like what you hear, please check out some of our other podcasts as hosted by The Heart of Geek. That is Morbid Instinct, Wrestling with the Willies, and Screen Creeps. You can follow us on social media. We are at The Heart of Geek on Twitter, The Heart of Geek on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And when we do stream, it's not very often. We are just Heart of Geek. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope to catch you next time.